The Harm of Weight Stigma. This is the Weight and Healthcare Newsletter Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. I've written before about weight stigma in healthcare practice, and I'm currently co-authoring a study with Dr. Leslie Owen about the harm weight stigma does to the highest weight patients. Today, I'm going to dig into the research that already exists that explores the harm done to fat patients by weight stigma. As we get into the research, a few reminders. First, weight stigma is rooted in and inextricable from racism and anti-blackness and continues to do disproportionate harm to those communities today. I urge you to read Sabrina String's Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia, and Deshaun Harrison's Belly of the Beast, The Politics of Anti-Fatness as Anti-Blackness, to understand more about this. Second, typically, research overrepresents privileged people and underrepresents or fails to represent at all marginalized people, and thus the harm done to them is also under or unrepresented. Many of the studies that will be discussed in this article look at perceived weight bias or weight status. In this way, weight stigma can harm people of many different sizes. So just a reminder that weight stigma, in particular structural weight stigma, always does the most harm to those at the highest weights and or those with multiple marginalized identities. I also want to point out how often the things that are correlated with both weight stigma and body size are blamed on body size itself without any discussion of weight stigma as a strongly researched possible confounding variable. This is also common with weight cycling and healthcare inequalities. In this piece, I'll be looking at studies that show harm to physical and or mental health, including iatrogenic harm, which means harm that is done by the healthcare system or healthcare practitioners. Weight stigma does much, much more harm in all aspects of the lives of higher weight people that won't be examined here. Also, this piece provides brief overviews of the studies included and is far from an exhaustive list. The last thing before we dig in. Studies refer to this variously as weight stigma, weight bias, sizeism, and other less common, sometimes more stigmatizing terms. I'm combining these for the purpose of this article. And content note. This section will discuss physical and psychological harm that can result from weight stigma, including bias and self-harm, and may be harmful or triggering to higher weight people, so please take care of yourself. Study, I Think Therefore I Am, Perceived Ideal Weight as a Determinant of Health by Munich et al. in 2008. This study looked at whether stress related to negative body image perception and the desire to lose weight could impact health, and found that the difference between actual and desired body weight was a stronger predictor of physical and mental health than actual body mass index in cisgender women. Cis, quote, women who say they feel they are too heavy suffer more mental and physical illness than women who say they feel fine about their size, no matter what they weigh, unquote. In The Body Politic, The Relationship Between Stigma and, quote, Obesity-Associated Disease, Munich, 2008, this work examines the relationship between weight stigma and health issues and finds that weight stigma may drive health issues that are typically blamed on body size. Quote, stigma and prejudice are intensely stressful. Over time, such chronic stress can lead to high blood pressure and diabetes, unquote. In The Weight of Stigma, Cortisol Reactivity to Manipulated Weight Stigma by Himmelstein et al., young women who were told in an experiment that their weights, quote, weren't ideal, unquote, experienced higher levels of the stress hormone cortisol regardless of their actual size. Quote, experiencing weight stigma was stressful for participants who perceived themselves as heavy regardless of their BMI. These results are important because stress and cortisol are linked to deleterious health outcomes, unquote. In Associations Between Perceived Weight Discrimination and the Prevalence of Psychiatric Disorders in the General Population, Hatson Bueller, 2009, 
Perceived weight discrimination is associated with substantial psychiatric comorbidity and morbidity. The results remain significant after adjusting for perceived stress, a possible confounding variable. Social support did not buffer against the adverse effects of perceived weight discrimination on mental health. Controlling for BMI did not diminish the association, indicating that perceived weight discrimination is potentially harmful to mental health regardless of weight. They concluded that, quote, These results highlight the urgent need for a multifaceted approach to address this important public health issue, including interventions to assist higher weight individuals in coping with the mental health sequelae of perceived weight discrimination. In Weight Stigma as a Risk Factor for Suicidality, Brochu 2020, the study examined the connection between subjective perceptions of, quote, overweight and risks of suicidality and found they were, quote, associated with increased risk of suicidal ideation, plans, and attempt in large samples of U.S. adolescents, even when controlling for participant age, gender, race, ethnicity, body mass index, and depression, unquote. I think that this is part of the serious danger of the new AAP guidelines, which call for an intense focus on the weight of children, starting to label them as, quote, overweight and, quote, obese as young as two years old. In Weight Discrimination and Risk of Mortality, Sutton et al., 2015, the study found that perceived weight discrimination was associated with an increase in mortality risk of nearly 60%. This increased risk was not accounted for by common physical or psychological risk factors. In addition to its association with poor health outcomes, weight discrimination may shorten life expectancy. In Weight Stigma and Health Behaviors, Evidence from the Eating in America study, Lee et al., 2021, this study points out that, quote, weight stigma is pervasive across the U.S. and is associated with poor health outcomes, including all-cause mortality, unquote, and seeks to find if weight stigma drives poorer health behavior. As a reminder, health is an amorphous concept and is not an obligation, barometer-worthiness, or entirely within our control. The study found that weight stigma was significantly associated with greater disordered eating, sleep disturbance, and alcohol use. In Overcoming Weight Bias in the Management of Patients with Diabetes and, quote, Obesity, Poll et al., 2016, the health impacts of weight stigma can include increased blood pressure, blood sugar, and levels of the stress hormone cortisol, reduced engagement with healthcare services, reduced trust of healthcare providers, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and suicidal tendency, unhealthy eating behaviors, binge eating disorder, and lower motivation for exercise, long-term health impacts including more advanced and poorly controlled chronic disease and low health-related quality of life. I want to point out here again how much overlap there is with health issues that get blamed on body size and that studies that link being higher weight to health issues typically don't even mention weight stigma, let alone control for it. Moving on to look at weight stigma among healthcare practitioners that can impact care. In Stigma in Practice, Barriers to Health for Fat Women by Liam Pause, 2016, I recommend reading this in its entirety, but some of the highlights are that fat individuals are less likely to access health care and less likely to receive evidence-based and bias-free care when they do engage. Anti-fat attitudes are found in both practitioners and students, from physicians and doctors to researchers, clinicians, physiotherapists, dietitians, and nurses, and students in the medical and dietetic field. Negative attitudes about fat patients result in doctors choosing to spend less time with fat patients and also resulting in fewer preventative and diagnostic tests for fat patients. Whether due to improper equipment, lack of education, bias, or an interaction between the three, it is clear that providers also prevent a barrier to the health and well-being of fat individuals. In Nurses' Weight Bias and Caring for, quote, Obese Patients, Tannenberger and Schupatu-Plath, 2018, 
Nurses found higher weight patients lazy, stupid, non-compliant, less healthy, and gluttonous. And biases stemmed from beliefs that weight is under the individual's control and or that they would require more resources. The impact on nurses is that care was given out of disapproval or condemnation. The impact on patients was canceling or delaying appointments after experiencing negative attitudes, discourteous treatment, and too small equipment being used during care. In The Stigma of Quote Obesity, a review and update, Poll and Hewer, 2009, over 50% of doctors found their higher weight patients awkward, ugly, weak-willed, and unlikely to comply with treatment. 28% of nurses were, quote, repulsed by higher weight patients. 12% of nurses said they did not want to touch higher weight patients. In Weight Bias Among Healthcare Professionals, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis by Lawrence et al., 2021, this is a systematic review and random effects meta-analysis of 41 studies. It's important to note that the overall quality of these studies was very low, and the authors point out the need for better quality research. Quote, findings show that medical doctors, nurses, dietitians, psychologists, physiotherapists, occupational therapists, speech pathologists, podiatrists, and exercise physiologists hold implicit and or explicit weight-biased attitudes toward higher weight patients. Unquote. I agree with Lawrence et al. that we need more and better quality research. And I think a major aspect of better quality research is research that comes from a perspective that affirms the existence of higher weight people and not from a perspective that is fully invested in the eradication of existing fat people and the prevention of any more from existing. Weight stigma research that is invested in the weight-centric paradigm, as much of the research I talked about today is, both displays and perpetuates weight stigma. Did you find this helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and podcast and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.